The Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs. The question, which teams are the best in every division? Welcome into another episode of Locked On's Ultimate NFL Preview. I'm Kainani Stevens. This is a seven-episode series detailing the biggest questions, misconceptions, and storylines for all eight divisions. You'll get insight and analysis from our local Locked On host and those people that know the team best. So find out where your teams and favorite players stack up from a division perspective and a national perspective in every episode. You can find all seven episodes on Locked On NFL's YouTube page or wherever you get your podcasts. The Ultimate NFL Preview is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash Locked On NFL and use code Locked On NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Some divisions were more up for debate while others are expecting repeat champions, but we asked the same question for everyone. Who wins the division? Is it the Chiefs and only the Chiefs in the AFC West? Joined by your boy Q of Locked On Raiders, Cody Rourke of Locked On Broncos, Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers. Ryan, who could contend with the Chiefs? This is going to be a tough one. Uh, you would think that Kansas City's in the driver's seat, as it has been years past, but the Chargers have always fought the Chiefs very, very well, and they've added some things that they have in the advantage, particularly on their offensive side. Adding Hugh Johnson with Mike Williams has been a thorn in the side of the Kansas City defense for a long time, and I don't see that changing. So does this make it a, a more slugfest blow for blow? I think that it could, and I do think that we're seeing Herbert as, as the second guy in the division come on, and he's got, I think, some attitude that could brew there. If he can put it all together, you can keep Bosa healthy. This could be a back and forth. Could they split this year? I think that's in the possibilities, given what the Chiefs are trying to do in reorienting their passing attack as well. So I look for this one to be pretty tight on both contests. Yeah, I mean, it can't get as tight as it was a few years ago, right? When the Chiefs Chargers 2018-12-4, Chiefs get in, number one seed in the AFC, and the Chargers go from being the number one seed in the AFC to just the fifth seed in a divisional game against the Ravens. So I think this year it's hard because last season is when they were supposed to close the gap, right? Kansas City loses Tyreek Hill, and you're like, okay, there's just no way that they're going to be able to totally replace that, right? Like the offense arguably got better, right? They got more efficient, and it's just like, okay, if they're going to lose that big of a piece and then still – go and win the Super Bowl, where can you try to make up that difference, right? The Chargers, if you're looking at what they did in the offseason, you're not going to see any moves that, at least personnel-wise, that are going to blow you away. They made one key addition. It was Eric Kendricks in the middle of that defense. They're hoping that leads to better communication, less explosive plays, less breakdowns. That's fine. What they're hoping for is that Kellen Moore is the guy that's going to help them close the gap. Is that Kellen Moore, their new offensive coordinator, is going to be that much better than Joe Lombardi, who has been you know, seemingly handcuffing Justin Herbert the last couple of years, and that will get them on par with a team. I mean, the Chargers are the only team that's beat the Chiefs the last two years, right? They're the only team that's been there. They've never beat the Chargers by more than six in the last two years. One game went to overtime, which was the six-point loss. So they're right there. But until you get there, until you get over the hump, I mean, you can't lay claim to the division. But I do think, hey, they have a good chance, and continuity is not the worst thing, at least personnel-wise. Cody, is this up to the Chiefs to lose, or do you feel like there's some competition? Uh, you know, I did, uh, how how many years have we been doing this to where it's like I'm at the point of saying like until somebody dethrones Kansas City, it, the the favorite has to be Kansas yeah. City, defending Super Bowl champions. I thought Daniel made a great point because I think we all thought that last year when we did this ultimate preview uh, of the entire season of the entire division. Okay, you lose Tyreek Hill. All right, well you have Travis Kelsey. Now you just find a way to game plan to just limit Travis Kelsey from what he's able to do. Now you get other guys emerging here. And look, now Kansas City, they've added Rasheed Rice, who has had great reports out of camp. I listen to Locked on Chiefs from time to time, (laughs) so I like to know what the heck's going on in the division. Kansas City, for some reason, every time you think that, okay, hey, this is it. They're not going to have the opportunities now. They somehow continue to reload. And once again, we've seen that here. So as long as Andy Reid is still in, in, in system, I think that they made some good additions too on the defensive side of the ball. I'm very curious to see how this whole Chris Jones situation works out for them. They lost Frank Clark. He's now in Denver, but it's just another opportunity for another young guy to step up and, and be like, all right, hey, you know, they said they were going to miss this guy, but this guy stepped up. Kansas City is the team to beat until proven otherwise. Yeah, that's easy, that's easy to co-sign that. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it, man. I mean, Kansas City is, you know, 
uh, the end all be all, right? I mean, they're just the best team in the division. I don't even think it's close, right? I think that uh, the Chargers have the second best quarterback, but now he's got a lot of expectations. Now that he's got the bag, he's got the big expectations. Mm-hmm. I think his head coaches uh, want to talk about hot seats. I think the head coach could be potentially on the hot seat if he's not able to get it done, especially on the defensive side of things this year. But I mean, Kansas, Kansas City until proven otherwise. What they say, I'm not a big wrestling fan, but then they say to, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, uh, you know, Kansas City is the man. It's just that simple. So uh, until someone decides that they're going to jump up there and get a stranglehold, I mean, it's the Chiefs division and the rest of uh, the AFC West is just playing for second, third, and fourth, obviously. The NFC North has been Packers or Vikings for many years now, but will that change this season? Peter Bukowski of Locked on Packers, Matt Derry of Locked on Lions, Lauren Cox of Locked on Bears, and Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings. Join us. Let's start with Matt Derry and high expectations in Detroit. Matt, who's going to win the NFC North? Yeah, I, I got brought some Kleenex with me. I'm about to start crying. I mean, you know, we talked about <laughs> previous episode who's going to finish last, and this used to be the, the the Matt Derry bash session, and they're just piling on me for five minutes, and it was fun. I love these guys. Um, no, I, I I think it is going to be the Lions, and it's it's it this has a little AL Central feel to me at times with this division, and looking at the holes and and, and going, is hey, that soccer? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> <laughs> the scores look like soccer. Yeah. I just, I'm not going to sit here and go, Oh, 12 and five and golf. So great. And Jamison Williams is going to have a thousand yards uh, receiving and Jameer get, I like this team. I think they are going to win it, but I don't think it's going to be some like Minnesota winning 13 games last year. I think 11 wins can win the division. I think 10 and seven could win the division, but I do think it'll be the lions. Yeah. This comes down to, I think the series between the Vikings and lions, I think if you split, it comes down to tiebreakers. If one team sweeps the other, that team gets it, honestly. I think a lot of people have, you know, questions about whether the Vikings can repeat and do well. And then, I mean, whether they do well in the postseason, but repeat as division champs, what do you feel like they need to do to prove that? Um, I mean, they need to get more out of that defense. It was like 31st ranked, right? And they they revamped everything on that defense. Um, it's kind of funny because both the Vikings and Packers dealt with a lot of the same problems schematically on defense with the Fangio scheme and the soft zone and stuff. And one team went back to it and one team went totally the opposite direction in terms of style and shape and how it looks to play against. This is way closer to all of the years of Mike Zimmer that we've all come to be used to in Minnesota. And that one blip of going into cover six Fangio stuff is we, we tried it and we bailed on it. And it means a lot more of these kind of no-name players having really only like one thing that they're ever going to be asked to do and a lot more rotation and role-playing. There's You could kind of argue that there's 16 or 17 players that you could call quote-unquote starters depending on what sub-package they're in. And everybody's going to be asked to do a little bit less. But yeah, I mean, they lose Eric Kendricks. They lose Dalvin Tomlinson. Harrison Smith is a year older. Daniel Hunter is a year older. So there is absolutely reasons for skepticism. But if they can get that defense up to like 20th and the offense replaced Adam Thielen with Jordan Addison, who's showing out like crazy at camp um, and everybody's super excited about him. They lose Dalvin Cook. How much do you think a running back is going to change things? If they can get things back up to 20th, they can get rid of that super swingy thing that made every single game last year a one score game where they couldn't run the ball so they couldn't hold a lead they couldn't stop you from scoring three times in a row on them and making a big comeback um and then or scoring three times in a row on them and making themselves make a big comeback if they can get that consistency back by just having everything be a little bit less extreme they might be able to uh pull some of those games out that should have been easier than they were you eliminate the, the records from last year and just go roster, roster, roster. I I honestly, I don't know what the compelling case is for Minnesota because this was a team last year that was a below average offense. It was a below average defense. And I think defensively they got worse. We'll see if they got better with Jordan Addison over Adam Thielen. And so this was a team that I thought was an eight or nine win team last year. In reality, they won 13 games, but they were in. You said six. That got worse. So I'm glad I got you to walk that back. <laughs> well, <laughs> eight. Well, I'm saying last year they were an eight or nine win team. So, so now if they got worse, how are they going to win the division? If they're worse than they were as an eight or nine win team in a division where I think probably you need to win 10 games to win this division. So uh, Jordan Addison, if he's great, that could, that could be it. If, if Madison, if this offensive line, if Christian Derrissaw like puts an underscore on 
his outstanding, I think, breakout season. Luke, is that fair to say last year as, as one of the best offensive tackles in the league? It, it should be. Too few people noticed, but yeah, yeah he was one he of was, the best tackles he was in the outstanding league, last sure. year. But to me, that's a lot of question. I, I think the infrastructure in Green Bay right now, and call me a homer if you want, that's fine, is so underrated because if you just go stack personnel, this is this is a top five, top eight offensive line. It's one of the best running games Daniel Hunter? in the league. Who's your defensive have, game break? Well, I guess we're going to get to that later. We Well, we will. And then defensively, we know what the talent is. We know they haven't played to that talent. And so, okay, what are you getting from Jordan Love? That becomes the question. And so this is where I go back to the point of if he's the 14th or 15th best quarterback in the league, and I think that's a reasonable outcome for them, they could win eight, nine, 10 games. And that to me seems more likely than what, what Minnesota would have to improve on to get to the top of this division for me. I agree that your best outcome is probably better than our worst outcome. You got it. Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns, Jake Liskow from Locked On Bengals, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, and Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens are here. And Jake, we will start with you, the reigning champs. I do think the Bengals are competing for one seed in the AFC if things go right. I do think that amongst coaches I've talked to with the team, they think that this is the best team they've had in the last couple of years. And in the last couple of years, they just went to a Super Bowl and an AFC championship game, which became a whiskers width from winning in both games. They obviously had injuries catch up to them in the playoffs on the offensive line. They add Orlando Brown to help with that and establish some depth with Al Collins, hopefully coming off the pup list sometime in the near future. So I do think it's a Bengals division to lose, but I don't know that it's a slam dunk. This is a, is a division that is consistently very difficult to win. And I think the top to bottom, like I said, it's a relatively strong division overall this year. Kevin, the Ravens were able to sneak in the playoffs, but can they win the division this year? Yeah, I think we have to all give Cincinnati the respect and say this is their division. Someone has to go and take it from them. They've won it the past two seasons, and they've looked good while doing it, obviously, making it far in the playoffs, obviously, to the Super Bowl. If there was a team that could take it from them, though, I I do pick the Ravens because of the fact that they added the receivers. They have new offense for Lamar. I will say, though, the way that the Ravens cornerback room is situated right now gives me a little pause because of the fact that you have Marlon Humphrey, who's a top five guy. You, You know who Marlon Humphrey is. But then below that, th- there's a lot of question marks. Rakyasin is their second guy. They essentially exchanged Marcus Peters for Rakyasin. Then it's a lot of young guys. So with the Bengals, look, you got Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins over there. Who's going to defend those three? I think Baltimore's had a very solid offseason. I think they have. They, they did what they needed to do for the most part. And obviously, you know, we still have time. They're just going to make a move at the trade deadline. I think that, again, this is the Bengals' division right now, but if there's a team to take it from them, I'm picking Baltimore to do it. Jeff, do you think the Bengals are going to be able to repeat? Look, I mean, when you're talking about something like this, you're saying, you know, if you're going to have to put your money down. Look, they won it two years in a row. Um, I have the utmost respect for the Cincinnati Bengals, but the fact remains that the one team, and it's odd that they just don't match up well with, and there's always these anomalies in the NFL, they just don't match up with the Cleveland Browns. They just really just don't match up well with this team. That being said, I'm not going to change my answer. I still think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the AFC North, but it could get tricky it it, it could you know when you're starting two new safeties and now you have a team with the browns who are going to throw the ball more often the ravens it seems to be the ml with the browns uh, the ravens as well so they're going to throw more often obviously the steelers kenny pickett should be more improved in year two pickens obviously all of that so you know that is something to bring up and you know you you lost a player like jesse bates and von bell von bell a little bit underrated was a really really solid player but starting new players on the back end Um, but that being said you know if you're asking me if i'm taking money out of my pocket and which I think is the safest bet. Uh, I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, It's just one of those things, you know, until you see them knocked off the top of the ladder, you got to assume for right now, maybe they are the best team in the AFC North. Chris, how do you see things finishing up in the division? I mean, the Bengals might not just be the best team in the AFC North. They might be the best team in the AFC. And, and like, as Jake said, I think, uh, whoop, there, goes my, there goes my AirPod. Uh, but as Jake, Jake was saying earlier, like, I have them as a Super Bowl contender. And I think that when you're that, you, you're you going to be favored to win the division. Now, like everyone's saying, 
anything can happen. You know, Joe Burrow's starting out the season. You know, the, he's not going to be injured for as long as some say, but that that's going to be something to watch just to see how he comes back from that. As long as he comes back and he's fine to go, I, I think this is their division to lose. But I, I do think that this is going to be a highly competitive division. I think all four teams can dig at each other very well. Um, I think that the Ravens and the, and the Bengals are going to go at it. I think the Steelers and the Bengals are going to go at it. And I'd say the Steelers, with the way that they get after the quarterback, they could be the problem for the Bengals this year. They were earlier last season uh, when when they beat them when they beat them in Cincinnati. And I think that if they're able to just possess the ball better as a, as an offense, which they didn't do for the until really like the last six weeks of the season last year, I think if they simply do that, their team play will, will finish games a lot better. But if their offense is actually scoring points, and I'm not saying top ten offense or anything, but even like middling, like 16, 15, 14th in the NFL. They could make a push. I don't think they win the division. I think maybe they finish second some or second if they get there. Again, it's going to depend on how they match up with the Ravens this year. But the number one team, I don't think there's any question, is going to be the Bengals uh, as far as the preseason poll, if you will. Coming up, will a new quarterback bring a division title back to New Orleans? That's next on the Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview. If you listen to any Locked On podcast, you know that we love us some bird dogs. Bird dogs are those stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon shorts, but they fit way better. Bird dogs use that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric as well that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Locked On NFL hosts are always saying how much they love these shorts and they get them every time. They are very excited when they get a new pair. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat with your next order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. We continue our look at which teams will finish first in each division. After a lot of building around the NFC South, things are looking up around the division as a whole. But who is going to finish first? Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, James Yarko of Locked On Bucks, Julian Council of Locked On Panthers, and Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints are here. Julian, would you like to start? Sure, I'll start and I'll go right down to the bayou to New Orleans because they have the quarterback. They have a team that is, honestly, you look the last couple of seasons. If Jameis Winston doesn't get injured, I, I think the Saints are in the playoffs. Like last year, seven and ten, not great. Dennis Allen has questions whether he truly is the guy there for them after Sean mm-hmm. Payton uh, quit on the team. We can call it retirement. He quit on the team. Now he's coaching in Denver. Uh, so it, there's still a learning curve there. And it's not like Dennis Allen had a ton of success back when he first was a head coach in the NFL. But I think with Derek Carr, you can stabilize things. I mean, Michael Thomas back healthy. Chris Olave, who, God, I just love him. I think this offense, even with Kamara out for a couple weeks, can be really good. So I, I look at New Orleans with the quarterback, the most stable quarterback situation in this division as a team that I would think would be in first place. I just haven't seen enough from the Panthers in the offseason or from the Bucs or from the Falcons. I, I, even though I think Atlanta's on the rise, I haven't seen enough from them to believe heading into the year that they are going to end up atop of this division over New Orleans or anyone else. Aaron, can you make a pitch for the young guys in Atlanta? I can absolutely make a pitch for the Atlanta Falcons and it is based mostly off of their run game and their defense. And they are going to be uh, the leaders in the pack when it comes to the run game. And they'll be up there. You know, I don't know if they'll have the best defense in the division. I I still think Tampa Bay might uh, hold that title. Sorry, New Orleans. But I, I think when you look at the state of the quarterback position in this division, most of the teams in this division are going to rely on the run game and play good defense. And I feel really good about the Falcons run game, being able to, you know, lift them up. And I think their defense is going to be just as competitive as some of the other better quality defenses in this division. Uh, No longer are the Falcons going to be a, a basement dweller when it comes to stopping teams. And so I think that's going to be enough for them to win the division. I think, you know, Desmond Ritter is going to be pretty good this year. And that's the combination that they need in the winning formula that they'll have to win a division. James, who's winning the division from your point of view? I think it's the New Orleans Saints. The uh, they, the entire division, like we all get to benefit from seeing the teams we cover face the AFC South. So you, know, you kind of have an easy schedule built in there. But New Orleans getting to catch the schedule that they have uh, in – over uh, achieving New York Giants team from last year. You have an Aaron Rodgers Packers. You have a Justin Fields led Bears. You you 
you have the Rams in December. So Matthew Stafford is probably going to be on IR at that point. So they do have kind of that easier path and, and, they've made improvements. They're going to be a better team than they were last year. And I think the schedule matches up with them to a point that they're probably going to be able to come away with 10, 11, maybe even 12 wins. Are they going to be that good of a team when it comes time for the postseason? Maybe not, but I do think they're the ones that have the, the easiest path and the best talent to be able to reach the top of the NFC South. Ross, is it all about the veteran quarterback or is there other things about this team that make them playoff worthy? Yeah, I think that the veteran quarterback is a, a huge part of it, of course, especially with the, you know, the, 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 you look at where the Saints struggled last year and on the offensive side, they struggled to even so much as get in and out of huddles. They struggled to be able to uh, move the ball. They struggled to be able to convert third downs. They struggled in the red zone. So they've gone through and not only made improvements that will help them at quarterback there, but they bring in Jamal Williams, the running back who can help them in those third and short situations as well as red zone situations. They get Michael Thomas back. They bring back Jimmy Graham from missing from the NFL entirely just to be a red zone guy. Like they do these little things. And look, I don't think Jimmy Graham's going to have that kind of an impact at all. But the fact of the matter is that they they saw that they had an issue in the red zone and they went and got guys that can help them in the red zone. They saw that they had issues on third and short. They went and got guys that can help them on third and short. And so I think even beyond just the quarterback spot, them addressing those things on the offensive side absolutely helps. And to, and, uh, to a point that Aaron had made in a previous episode about the oh. Tampa Buccaneers struggling or, because, or suffering because of a first place schedule – the New Orleans Saints get to benefit from a third place schedule. And they have the, if you look at last year's win totals, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. If you look at the projected win totals for next year, they have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. So no matter which way you slice it, I think it's set up for the New Orleans Saints. They just have to be able to get it right. And honestly, that's what they were bad at last year was getting it right and getting out of their own way. So it's not just about their own opponents. They have to stop beating themselves as well. That's one of the reasons why I won't close the door in Atlanta in this conversation either. Uh, Ross, I'm curious who, has the easiest schedule in the NFL. I believe it's the Atlanta Falcons. If, if you're projecting ahead, it is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they are they're wanna, right there. Doing the, the schedules that exist they, in the NFL. I mean, yeah. is, this the, is this the SEC and what George is playing this fall? Like, I don't really buy into the whole schedule game. Like, it I know yeah, they're playing the AFC South. I'm pretty confident in how I've seen Mike Vrabel coach the last couple of seasons that the Titans aren't going to be a pushover. They're going to be just fine. Jacksonville, they got their stuff together. Now they have an actual coach who belongs at this level. Houston, probably not going to be that great. But I don't know. I kind of believe in D'Amico Ryans. Indianapolis, don't have a ton of faith in them either. But I don't think the AFC South is a straight-up pushover. And I think it's funny, too, coming from, like, this division. To look <laughs> <laughs> so I always, like, kind of raise a brow when I hear people say, oh, easy schedule. Like, this is a National Football League. So cap league this ain't you know nil buying players off of other rosters and like the rich have always been rich for a hundred years like in college like in the nfl man it's made for everyone to go eight nine nine or eight or in this division seven and ten so I, I don't buy that the whole schedule game and like it's easy i i think it's wide open Last year, it was the Eagles, but will they repeat? Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys, David Harrison of Locked On Commanders, Patricia Traina from Locked On Giants, and Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles are here to debate. Gino, we will start with the defending champs. I'm definitely going to roll with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't just say that from a biased perspective. If you take a step back and look at this football team, the quarterback, the depth, the synchronicity between the owner, coach, quarterback it's everything you need to succeed in the national football league the biggest threat i look at dallas i look at the giants i look at washington and i say the biggest threat is the team that could pump out 30 point performances but at the same time hold teams to 17 or less points and right now landon you're probably going to be a little bit salty if I don't say this, but I look at the Giants and I'm freaking terrified of guys like Kevon Thibodeau. And I know Micah Parsons is great, but Jeff Stoutland trumps anybody in this National Football League. And he took care of business, but the Giants just keep getting better. And so does Brian Dable. And if that offense takes off, why can't they be the next one? And if the Cowboys are really going to sit there and say, Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore are going to take us over the rainbow Best of luck to you. That's all I'm saying. Patricia, you just got a compliment from Lockdown Eagles. So 
I, it, How do you feel about that? <laughs> I, I'm surprised that I haven't passed out. Because you know? <laughs> I mean, a compliment team. from the Eagles. But Draft uh, some ducks. That's yeah. I, um, listen, as far as, you know, who's going to finish first, I still say the Eagles are the team to beat. They're, they are still the cream of the crop until proven otherwise for, you know, for, for reasons, you know, most complete offense. You know, even though they lost their offensive coordinator, they – still have you know pretty much the same system the, the same core that defense is is still pretty good but I agree that the Giants are the team to keep an eye on I mean I think the Giants have significantly closed the gap with Dallas I look at Dallas and I say okay Mike McCarthy's taken over play calling Dak Prescott is coming off of a you know a meh type of year is you know is this a make or break type of year for him you know um they moved on for Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I see the Giants as being the biggest threat. I think the Giants are going to be, if they are healthy, they're going to, that offense is going to be much more lethal. I have seen it in practices. And again, I know that it's it's preseason, so you take it with a grain of salt. But I've seen some of the creativity that they have done with some of the offensive play calling and formations. And I cannot wait to see what they do on offense and on defense, Wink Martindale, we all know he brings it. He brings the heat. So you better have a good offensive line. You better have an answer because these aren't traditional blitzes you're going to see. Landon, I feel like the Cowboys are always kind of an enigma and apparently not getting any credit. So do you have a pitch for, can they win the division or is it the Eagles have it locked up already? Oh, no, no. I I definitely think the Cowboys can win this division. I mean, I think, again, we're going to quote the same thing we've quoted every year. When was the last time the uh, the NFC East champion repeated as the NFC East champion? And, you know, the blatant disrespect being shown by the Eagles uh, to the Cowboys is exactly what's going to get them beat when we play them. What have you done for me lately? Hey, listen, we both are excited to have (laughs) our teams play each other with – uh, their starting quarterbacks. I think that's 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 what I'll, I'll wait for these, you know, back and forth, lack of respect when, when we play each other at full strength. And then they'll, we'll have a conversation. Uh, Patricia, I'm ni- it's nice that you were included in this conversation. That was really the suite of Gino. But uh, this is a two this is a two team race, and uh, and and one of the teams uh, is taking the other team a little too lightly. And I, I will just add in here the the, the improvements on this team. Uh, you know, look, it, was it great to get stuff on Gilmore and Brady Cooks? Absolutely. But the improvements on this team are because we have young superstars that are still growing, including Micah Parsons. So, um, yeah, I, I think, again, uh, this is a team that, you know, we've we've done this whole conversation before where, where you guys gave uh, the Cowboys a, a severe lack of respect. It didn't work out then either. So uh, w- we'll see how it all turns out. David, what's your perspective? Is it the Eagles division to lose or do you see someone else coming out on top? Yeah, no, it's the Eagles division. I mean, not only did they win the NFCs, but they won the NFC championship. I mean, you can't go against the Eagles until somebody gives you a reason to go against the Eagles. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, I thought I was going to be the unique one here saying that I think the Giants are the team to look out for to oh, challenge wow. the Eagles if anybody else does. But apparently I'm, I'm not going to be uh, the unique one here. And, and Pays Zach Martin Cowboys, is money. Yeah, with the Dallas Cowboys, I just think you have a team that's looking to focus more on the run than they have in the past, and they're looking to be a more defensive team than they have in the past. And I don't think they have the defense to sustain that from a week to week standpoint and and be consistently successful with it. They're going their their defense is certainly good. Don't get me wrong, and they're going to have some really great performances. But I think that when you're leaning on that defense uh, as much as I think they're going to try to that's not going to be sustainable necessarily. And then when you look at this offense, I mean, you have no second running back right now. And granted every year there's a running back that kind of comes out of nowhere. So maybe the Cowboys have that guy stashed on the depth chart somewhere, but I just look at an offense that's looking to get a little bit uh, more run heavy or more running back centric than, than maybe they have in the past. I see a quarterback that, like I said, already uh, has, has, has kind of already hit his ceiling. And then we kind of see the best I think we're going to get out of him. And I see a defense that, uh, similarly to some other conversations, maybe is a year away from being one of those really dominant defenses that can carry a team. Uh, so I just think that mix of, of, of personalities and styles with the roster as it is this year uh, leads to the Cowboys taking a step back. And, and like everybody's kind of already said, if the Giants take that step forward, then even if they don't win the division, they certainly are a threat to become the second best team in the NFC East. 
It came down to the wire last season with the Jags winning the division crown, but who is going to win it this year? John Hickman of Locked On Texans, Zach Hicks of Locked On Colts, Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans, and Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jags are here to debate. And Tony, are the Jags poised to repeat as division champs? Absolutely, without question. I think they are uh, primed to make a serious run at home field advantage um, uh, for the playoffs. I, I just think that they've done a real good job of uh, strategically adding things that they needed without them being big splashes. Like I think they got tougher in the draft with the guys that they chose. Uh, I also believe picking up Calvin Ridley last year is one of the best moves I've seen a GM make in an awful long time because Ridley, I've seen him live and close up. The dude is like the most talented receiver we've, we've had here since Jimmy Smith. So um, I'm all in on the Jaguars. I think they have an abundance of team speed. I think they have depth at running back, wide receiver, uh, they're tough on both lines of scrimmage, and they got some budding players in the secondary. So I think they're going to win it. John, do you agree with that, or do you think there's another team that might challenge them? I do think that the Jags right now are the front runners, but I've been on record by saying this. I, I really can see Houston winning this division simply off the arrival of D'Amico Ryans. I know I, that may sound crazy, but the discipline this team plays with – the speed this team plays with, their linebackers can cover. They're not confused in space. Their DBs are playing crazy right now. Uh, I think that this defense alone is going to cause hell for the Colts, for the Jags, for the Titans. And to go back to the Jags, I still got to believe that uh, Trevor Lawrence won't have as many turnovers. I think he led the league in drop picks last year. And so for the defense that I've seen, they're going to capitalize on that, and they're going to give this team an opportunity to score. So right now I do have the Jags number one, but my dark horse to win this division is the Houston Texans. Zach, can you weigh in for us what you think, how things will finish out, who will finish first? Yeah, I'm going to have fun here because I think I'm the only one who's not going to say my team here. Look, again, I could say dark horse for the Indianapolis Colts too. I mean, <laughs> they have some talent. They have a quarterback who could be better than expectations, but – Nah, it's not. It's not going to happen. We. It'd be fun, but no, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, for me, it comes down to the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think I would honestly go Tennessee Titans if I felt any confidence in that offensive line at all. I just, I, I, I have faith in Vrabel. I have faith in that offense moving the ball with their, you know, as well as they can uh, with their quarterback and the weapons they have. I love their defense, but. That offensive line is a bunch of traffic cones right now. I am terrified of it. And until I see it in actual game action, I can't really pick them over the Jacksonville Jaguars, where if I'm looking at the Jaguars, like, yeah, their defense could be a little bit better, but their offensive line is pretty good. Their, their quarterback is obviously the best in the division. They have some really good pass catchers and Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, like, this is probably the team that's going to win the division. And, and on top of that, they have a Super Bowl winning head coach uh, who's been there, done that, and knows what he's doing. So, yeah, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are the best overall team in the division. I think they have a really good coach, and I think they have the best quarterback. So it's really hard for me to pick against them uh, in this conversation here. Tyler, is the theory that the Titans bounce back and get the, the title back in Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of end the conversation where we started not too long ago. Um, and it's the fact that the Titans with Josh Dobbs and their backup, backup offensive line, 34 players on injured reserve were one controversial fumble call away from beating Jacksonville at home to go to the playoffs anyway. I think the Titans have a better roster this year than what they had last year. I think it would be impossible for the Titans to have league leading injuries for a third consecutive season. You have to think that at some point the luck of injuries changes um, so with that in mind, I do think the Titans will win the division. I think one of the key factors here is the schedule. Jacksonville played a last place schedule last year and still what went nine and eight. The, the Titans are now going to not play a first place schedule like they have the last two seasons. They're going to play a second place schedule. So Jacksonville has to play the Buffaloes, the Kansas Cities of the world. They got to play Cincinnati this season. They got to play Baltimore this season and they got to play San Francisco because their their additional 17th game is against a very, very tough first place opponent. The Titans don't have to play any of those teams outside of Cincinnati and Baltimore that I just mentioned. They got a much easier schedule in general and I think that's along with the injuries, having better luck there, having a better roster and 
That was the first year of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Now the league has tape. They Not only what they wanted to do, but their adjustments to what you do. I think there's more information on the Jags offense. They play a tougher schedule. The Titans are a better team. All of that together, I think the Titans win the division. I think it's very close. I think that that last game of the season, Week 18, Jacksonville versus Tennessee, I think that'll be for the division once again. But I do think the Titans, with a better team this year, find a way to win that game rather than lose it with their backups like they did last year. Coming up was Aaron Rodgers, the push that the New York Jets needed to win the AFC East. We break that down and the odds of who the best bets are to win their division. That's next on the Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. This is the perfect opportunity to look at those Super Bowl long shots. If you think Geno Smith can lead the Seahawks to the Super Bowl, that's at plus 3,500. Or can Derek Carr get the Saints to the big game at plus 4,000? Even the Los Angeles Rams may be rekindling their magic at plus 6,500. Plus, all customers who bet $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We continue our look at which teams will finish first in each division. Is it still the Bills' world in the AFC East? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots, and John Butchko of Locked On Jets are here. Mike, who do you think takes the division? I'm still a firm believer in going with the champion until they're knocked off their pedestal. And I think the Buffalo Bills still have from top to bottom the most talented roster on both sides of the ball. And that battle-tested grit that they've developed the last couple of years, I think is going to help them in their run this year. A lot of people are talking about windows closing up in Buffalo. I don't see it. Josh Allen is still playing at the top of his game. He's going to look to sharpen his skills. Stefan Diggs hears a lot of what's being said about him nationally, I'm sure. He's going to want to come in and prove that he's a top-flight guy that can carry his team to the next level. And I still think the Buffalo Bills' defense, even without Leslie Frazier, is going to be very good this year. They've got a lot of talent at all three levels. And when you combine that with the type of experience they've gotten these last couple of years, it's going to be very tough to unseat them. I love the roster that Miami's put together, and I think they're going to be right there in the mix. I think the Jets are going to make things very interesting for both of those teams, but I still think the Buffalo Bills are the class division. Kyle, is there a way that the Dolphins can knock off the Bills and, and take the division title? Well, it, it comes down to beating the Bills, and, and the Bills have had a lot of success against the Dolphins in recent history. You know, they they can point to the progress last year with Mike McDaniel, which they played three games, and each of the three games was decided by a field goal or less. So I think those head-to-head matchups, and those two teams do play in South Florida in Week 18. So uh, the the scheduling has kind of set up. If you do have this kind of wire-to-wire race down the stretch, uh, it might come down to a final game in Week 18. But, but I generally agree with Mike to be the man. you got to beat the man. And uh, Buffalo having won 37 games in the past three seasons combined. It's it's very impressive track record that they have. And, you know, it'd be one thing to lose Leslie Frazier if you didn't have Sean McDermott waiting in the wings to run your defense for you. So if they're going to be well positioned to make that transition, you feel a lot better about it, knowing that the mind that you have is the head coach of the football team. So um, I, I do generally agree with Mike that, that Buffalo, I think, has the inside track because of the last several seasons and you acknowledge some of the changes that they're making, but you feel like with the infrastructure of the team and the brain trust that's in place, uh, they're going to be very well positioned to take the challenges of this year's change in stride. John, are you really into hard knocks? Do you feel like you're in with the fans? You feel like you can pitch me that Aaron Rodgers is going to take them to the promised land and an AFC East title. I think it's tough to say who's going to win the AFC East because I think these teams are close enough that it could come down to something unexpected like an injury. It may come down to a couple of lucky bounces in close games. I think there's a path for the Jets to win the AFC East. If, you know, maybe Buffalo has a little bit of bad luck, maybe the Stefan Diggs thing has some residual issues in the locker room. If the Jets have some good luck for once, 
I think there's a path for Miami. I think there's a smaller path for New England. I, I mean, I do think New England is the fourth of these four teams. I have been pretty vocal on Locked On Jets, though. I do think Buffalo is the team to beat in this division. I think that they're the most well-rounded team. I think that they have the most talent. And I think, as the other guys have said, until you knock them off, uh, they are the champion. And, you know, part of this is like trying to kind of do the reverse jinx and hope that maybe, you know, I'll send some bad luck Buffalo's way. I think whenever the Jets have, whenever you, whenever the Jets have high expectations, things don't always work out well for them. So we'll, maybe we'll put the pressure on Buffalo and uh, let the Jets slide in there with low expectations and maybe they'll surprise us. Joe, it's hard to stay on top of the hill. Is there any concerns you have about, the, about you know, repeating or is it just injuries, health? Like, what, what are, where are your big concerns and do you feel like Buffalo's in a good spot? Oh, I, I think injuries are always a, a big part of the conversation. And I do think that the Bills will win the division this year, but I say that with the least amount of confidence that I've had in uh, several years where Kyle mentioned that the games between the Bills and Dolphins were very competitive last year. Uh, the Jets defense gave Josh Allen more fits than any defense that I saw pretty much ever. Uh, and, you know, since Josh Allen's kind of had his glow up and he, they did it twice, you know, the bills were able to get one of those wins last year, Mike, the games hadn't been so competitive in a while, but it, you know, Belichick is still Belichick and you got to feel like he's probably seen enough Josh Allen. Right. And, and there, certainly he's got some wrinkles up his sleeve. Um, but I do think that the bills are a team that everybody I think is kind of overcorrecting a little bit. they, where everyone's picked to win the Super Bowl last year. Obviously, they faced a ton of adversity and fell short. And really, you know, it wasn't a, a very competitive game in their playoff loss at home to the to the Bengals. But I think objectively, their roster is better this year than it was last year at this point in time. They're a battle-tested team. They're hungry. They've fallen short of their lofty expectations. They still have won a ton of regular season games. They're one of only two teams in the entire league to win at least one playoff game in each of the last three seasons. But there's that hump, right? And, and that hump has been Kansas City and, and now Cincinnati for them. But I think that they stay on top of this division, but I don't have as much confidence in, in that statement this year as I've had in years past. This one could get interesting. Doug McCain of Locked On Rams, Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks, Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers, and Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals are here to break down the NFC West. Brian, do all roads go through San Francisco this season? Yeah, I mean, Bay Area traffic isn't great, but uh, if you can find a, a clear road, it's going to come through Santa Clara, just a little south of San Francisco, I think, this year in the NFC West. And uh, Brock Purdy, has not lost a football game that he started and finished. In fact, he's the only game he's played that the 49ers have lost was the, uh, the NFC championship game when he was knocked out early, the 49ers were humming with him and they have every bit of talent they had last year back. Plus they added Javon Hargrave to an already um, really good defense there. So um, they're, they're ready to go. They're built to win right now. And uh, I think on paper, it's hard to say that any team would win this division other than the San Francisco 49ers right now. Alex, what do you think? Is it all about the 49ers? No, I think this is Seattle's year, and I'm going to explain a couple of reasons why. One, Seattle may have 1-22, to 22, the most balanced starting offense and defense in the NFL. Now, Corbin's going to attest to the defense, some names that aren't necessarily household names yet. They've drafted really well. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have been visions, namely the latter. I mean, Tyler Lockett's one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL that – Rarely gets talk about, talked about outside of fantasy football circles. And Geno Smith's floor is a lot higher than people give him credit for, especially in a Pete Carroll offense where it's run the ball, calculated pass plays, and just go win games. That's what Pete Carroll can do. I think Brock Purdy could be – I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo won his first five games in San Francisco. Okay, so they made a Super Bowl, but – I'd rather see more than eight games because Kyle Shanahan now has his guys like it's the movie Rockstar where it doesn't matter who the lead singer is. It's just going to work. There is an expiration date somewhere there. And I think we're going to see it a little bit more potently this season than people think. And I, I need to see Brock Purdy do something to start a season where now there's tape. It's not so much who is this kid out of Iowa State, and now he's the focal point an entire offseason for defensive coordinators before I can crown him. So I'm taking Seattle and more of a sure thing than the question mark that still is the quarterback position for the, car, for the uh, 49ers. Doug, we've had a vote for each. Where do you weigh in on it? 
Look, as much as I hate to admit this, I think it's San Francisco once again. Look, California had a simultaneous earthquake and hurricane before the Rams beat the 49ers in the regular season, okay? They're going to continue to be successful in the regular season. You have Brock Purdy. I think he's the perfect quarterback for what they try to do. You got a lot of yak yard guys. He plays the point guard well. I think that he showed more than flashes, leading those eight straight wins. And also, too, look at Geno Smith. He was great last season. Like you mentioned earlier, led the league in completion percentage. Also kind of tailed off a little bit towards the end. Seven of his 11 picks came towards the end of the season. So I just think that that roster in San Francisco is so loaded. They're all in right now. I think you look at the success they have. You still have Shanahan. I still think this is the 49ers division. Corbin, is this the year for Seattle? I don't think that it is, but I think they have closed the gap quite a bit on San Francisco. I think this is going to be a close race. I'm just not quite ready to say that they're going to be ready to take this division away from the 49ers. I still have some questions about the defensive line for the Seahawks and with this division, especially the 49ers, the way they like to run the football, how effective they are at it. That is my one big reservation with this football team, but I think the offensive line is a lot better. I, as I mentioned on an earlier show, I think Geno Smith is the best quarterback in this division right now with the weapons that he's got on offense. There's a lot to love about that team. I think this is a very top-heavy division with both those teams being contenders. I just think the 49ers as an entire roster have a better roster. If there's a tipping point that could make it the Seahawks division, though, it is the quarterback position. Now it's time to look at the FanDuel odds for each division in the NFC. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling, hosts of Locked on Bets, are here and break it all down. And we'll start with the NFC East. It used to be called the NFC Least. I don't think so anymore. Philadelphia, Dallas, the Giants, and Washington. How are you feeling about this division? Oh, I think the Giants have improved. I think Daniel Jones, the green light, has come on for the kid. Um, he just knows how to read defenses here, get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. I love Jalen Hyatt. Separates like no other receiver we've seen in a long time here, last few years in, in the draft. And Dallas is good, but Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore are not going to put them to the next level. I think Philadelphia is loaded everywhere here except for their punter. When, when your only weakness is your punter, I think you got a real strong team here. I like Philadelphia, minus 115. I like Philadelphia a lot as well. I think that they're a really dynamic team. I love their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. But the one thing I know about the NFC East, as a guy that covered the NFC East like a glove for a long time while I was in Central Texas, nobody wins the NFC East back-to-back years. It hasn't happened since 2003 and 2004. Yeah, I said it right, 2003-2004. So that's a very long time. So by default, honestly, I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm just playing the numbers game, right? I mean, I'm, I'm – I'm not saying that Philly doesn't have a better team because I do think that they do. They're coming off a Super Bowl loss. I do believe Super Bowl hangovers are a real deal thing. I think that Dak Prescott has to be better. I think Mike McCarthy has to coach better. I think he's coaching for his job. He's taking over the play calling, uh, taking over for Kellen Moore, who's now in L.A. with the Chargers. Their defense is going to keep them in every game. I do believe that. And uh, we'll see what they have. We'll see if they have enough at the running back position uh, to get it done. But I'm going to roll with the Dallas Cowboys again by default at plus 175 to win the NFC East because nobody goes back-to-back in the NFC East. So it makes all the sense of the world as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> see how that shakes out. Lee's got Philly. I have Dallas. NFC North, Detroit, Minnesota, Green Bay, and Chicago. Detroit's been talked about a lot. Green Bay has a new quarterback there, and Jordan Love. Chicago's got a lot to prove with Justin Fields. And Minnesota was last year a fluke. Lee, what are you thinking about this division? Surprise, 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 (laughs) as Gomer Powell used to say here. So Minnesota last year, 11 games, they won by eight points or less here. No Dalvin Cook here. No one's going to respect the running game. Detroit, now all of a sudden, uh, they're being hunted. They're not the hunter here. Green Bay, I think, will be better than expected. This is going to be the division, I predict, where in the last week of the season, you got three teams sitting here with eight wins here. And who wins it? Surprise, surprise, surprise. The Chicago Bears plus 430, I think, D.J. Moore, his addition. They finally have number one receiver, better offensive line. And Justin Fields. He might be in the running for the MVP here. I like Ooh. Chicago to shock everyone plus 430. You already shocked me when you said Justin Fields is a potential for the MVP. That would be uh, that would be something right there. And look, uh, they put, put a lot of weapons around Justin there in Chicago to try to booster that uh, that team and make them better. And who knows what happens 
on the defensive side of things, if they're a better team and better unit, I think they're in it for the long haul in Chicago. That's going to be interesting. I have a surprise, surprise, I think, in the NFC North as well. It's not Chicago. It's not Detroit. I don't believe in the Lions like everybody else does, even though they're the favorites. Minnesota, I think that last year, well, there was a lot of things that went right for Minnesota. I don't believe in them, even though Brian Flores is now the defensive coordinator. I'm going to go with Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to say Jordan Love picks up right where uh, Aaron Rodgers left off. And what's the luck that a team strikes gold three times in a row? Brett Favre, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan Love. But I think that Jordan Love's got a lot to prove. I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And I think he's going to go out there and do some good things in Green Bay. So I'm going to roll with the Green Bay Packers in this one. I think this is a tough call, the NFC North in general. But uh, it's only because it's so wide open, right? I feel like that there's an argument that can be made for any of these teams. So I'm going to roll with Green Bay plus 360. Yeah, and, and another way to look at this, Q, here is – I do. I'm going to go with Chicago to win the division. Yeah. I mean, that would almost fit in my my category. Bet a little, win a lot here. But I like Green Bay a lot. Yeah. Over six and a half wins. Six and a half wins. Okay. Um, I think that's an easy call. I think this is a team that's going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Only real weakness is their safety here. I think uh, it helps out Jordan Love when you got a running game. And they got two of the best running backs in the NFL. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So uh, interesting little takes right there in the NFC North. I like that. Uh, Lee going with Chicago. I'm going with Green Bay, but I like the uh, the over-the-win total for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, extra little nugget dropped by Lee Sterling. How about the NFC South? You want to talk about a division that, well, there's a lot of question marks, I believe. The Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, and Tampa Bay. Lee, how are you feeling this division? I think New Orleans wins by default here. Plus 130, soft schedule here, and Derek Carr, I think, is going to be motivated I just can't – I think Atlanta's running game is going to be great with B. John Robinson, but still have some doubts about their quarterbacks. Carolina and Tampa Bay, they're just not ready here with young quarterbacks here or a quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who's well, was always washed up here. Let's go with New Orleans plus 130. You know, it's so tough for me in this one because New Orleans has on paper the best team. They have the best quarterback right now for sure, right? I don't trust Dennis Allen. I've seen Dennis Allen too many times as a head coach of the Raiders, as defensive coordinator in New Orleans. I thought he was good, but I don't think he's a very good head coach. Again, they have the best quarterback right now on paper. I want to see how Bryce Young's going to develop. I don't think Baker Mayfield has anything less as you, uh, left. As you mentioned, he's kind of washed up. Uh, Atlanta, I have no idea about Desmond Ritter. I love B. John Robinson. I actually have him picked to be my offensive rookie of the year in 2023, but I don't think he's going to be enough to get it done for Atlanta. I want to go with Carolina because I don't trust Dennis Allen. But then again, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, right? If you got the best quarterback in the division, you go with the best quarterback. This is Derek Carr's opportunity to shine. He's never been the best quarterback in his division while he was with the Raiders in the AFC West. Now he's the best quarterback in the NFC South. So I was going to pick Carolina, no joke, but on the fly, I'm going to roll with New Orleans. I think you convinced me at plus 130. Uh, I'm going to roll with that one as well for the NFC South. Again, a division that, you, you like you said, I think you summed it up perfectly. The Saints will probably win by default. All right, here we go. How about we close things out with the NFC West? You got San Francisco, Seattle, the Rams, and Arizona. I don't think anyone's picking Arizona, but, Lee, what are you thinking about in this division? San Francisco, all the way. Easiest call in the NFC here. Too many veterans here. As long as Brock Purdy stays healthy, easy winner here. Seattle's improved, but they're still not next level. San Francisco, easy call. You know, it's funny, and uh, I'm going to go with Seattle on this one. I'm going to pick Seattle at plus 200. I'm going to pick them to win. They ran into the playoffs last year. I saw the uh, 49ers and their quarterbacks up close to personal and joint practices with the Raiders, and Brock Purdy doesn't look great, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know how good he's going to be. Maybe it's just, you know, training camp and trying to shake off the rust. Who knows? But uh, I saw a lot of interceptions thrown by him. For more on the best bets in each division in the AFC, make sure that you check out the Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview Worst Teams in the Division episode, where you'll get the rest of Lee and Q's picks. That will do it for this conversation of who finishes first in each division. This is just one of seven episodes for the Locked On Ultimate NFL Preview. You can head over to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts for our other conversations including who finishes last in each division what's the national misconception about your team that your host disagrees with and what were the biggest moves made in the offseason don't forget to follow and subscribe to your favorite local locked on show for the best insight on your team every day 